It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. Yes, it is. Northern Exposure for another week. We're back. You on a Wednesday. It's it's all right. Everything's okay with myself and Jack. It's just we're just grown adults. And sometimes, as grown adults, we have to work to pay bills and put food on the table. So, you lovely, lovely audience, don't worry. Mum and Dad aren't fighting. It's all good. We're just going a day late, everybody. No, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely, you, know, you know what? We were just holding on waiting to see James Sisley get rolled to the tribunal for what he did to Hugh McCluggage. And we'll get to that a little <laughs> bit later because... Well, Jack, I don't know about you, and maybe maybe the cup of tea you just made me because it's lights already falling as we record at five twenty on a uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, is the dog days of the year? It, it, yeah, we just have to get through. We just have to get through this. It, it's it's this stretch, but oh, it's so brutal oh, being up here in Queensland is during it, winter. Isn't it just the worst. Oh, it's isn't it like twenty to twenty <laughs> degrees and cloudless skies? That's so tough. Oh, I mean, for all our Melbourne listeners, we hate it here, guys. <laughs> we we hate it. We, we can't work. I walked out of the Brisbane River today and just just had a chalky milk and just sat there in the sun. It was glorious. I thought, all right, well, I guess I'll just go back. But um, <laughs> uh, but but that made me feel a lot better than what happened at the MCG on Saturday, Jack. Because our um, yeah, what happened? I uh, uh, can't recall anything. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there. I was I was working at the Broncos game and just checking the scores, going doing my normal thing, going all oh, right. Yeah, it's a little bit closer than I intended and. Okay, I can sort of see what's happening here. And then it just obliterated. And you know what? I, I don't... It's the, the MCG thing doesn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not reading into the, the curse of the MCG here. The, 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 curse is, the curse per se was broken last year in the final. That, that had nothing to do with the ground. Yes, it's, a, it's an away game at a, in an interstate, but it's nothing to do with the ground. Just, mm. that, there were so many pieces of play that just lacked effort. And it looked like, it was like the Port Adelaide game all over again, but yeah. against a vastly different object. Hawthorne were hungry. They'd been building like a great game of footy together. Again, pieced together by Sicily, who we'll get mm. to, but uh, I, I saw on multiple occasions, you know, players just like, the go for glory, not not chase kicks. And it, it was, was a like, very uh, complacent effort, wasn't it? It wasn't. And I, and I you know, you could accuse them of maybe going, we've got this one in the bag. Just turn up, get the four points, get out of there. And yeah. Not that they were ambushed, because if you've, if you've done your research, you can see the Hawthorne were a lot better than... In the last couple of years, at. Hawthorne have matched up quite well against the Lions well, as well. And it's always, been a, it's always been a Banaskin game. Usually it's down, down in Hobart, but yeah. you're right. And it just felt like the same thing was happening again. And it really, for me, it shook the Lions' premiership credentials. I no longer... Uh, I, even a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there going, you know what, uh, top two final is still v- very possible. Now it's starting to feel like, well, remember how we were saying we've maybe rounded off the problems that we've had in the past years. Everything around the ground seems to be sorted. All of a sudden I go, yeah. yep, you know what, there is a problem. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there is a problem in this side and it's th- 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 we know there are teams that are better than it. Melbourne flex their muscles on the weekend. Yeah. And I don't like... I. If they want to finish in the top two, it hasn't given them a lot of wiggle room now. They're pretty much three games out of that now. Yeah. And that that makes it blood... They'll they'll win every game at the Gabba. I've got no problem. You text me during the week saying, you know what? The Lions, on their day, are the best team in the comp. Yeah. And I agree. Best list in the comp. But they are not... That's not consistent. Yeah. And you can't... We can't keep sitting there hoping, well, well, like, now we know a home final, a home Mm. double chance final at the Gabba, unless... There is a drastic shift in the competition. It's not out the window, mm. but God, it's an uphill battle. Their last two games of football, the one against Hawthorne on the weekend and then against the Crows, uh, far from their best, but 
I think lest we forget the eight weeks they put together before that. They put together some really good football, kicked some high scores. It looked like that forward line was clicking. And we know that the Lions have issues after a layoff. Their record post-buy hasn't been great. Their round, their round one records haven't been great coming off long pre-seasons. At 2021, they lost to Sydney. Um, they had a win last year against the Bombers, I think, in round one. But it wasn't... Something like that. Not, it, conv- not convincing. It wasn't exactly a convincing win. Lost again in round one this year. Uh, 2020, they lost in round one. Um, we know their record coming off the buys. 2019, they lost that game against the Blues down at the Telstra Dome. Yep. It was, you know... They lack a bit of spark, and they've been beaten in the first week of finals as well, coming off that pre-finals buy. So, All right, so you've maybe, got, you've maybe got a pat- there is a pattern there. There, there. Maybe there is a pattern emerging, and um, I think that's it's more of a mindset to, thing. To or at a professional level. Yeah, it is. Um, and not to see that kind of pattern and go, well, what are we doing to fix it? And I'm sure the Lions are looking at that internally, that there would be some sort of plan to fix it, and maybe they're, um, you know, if they go into these games being business as usual, is it, you know, time to change that, to put circle it on the whiteboard, put extra focus on how do we come out of these buy rounds playing decent football? Well, what it seemed to be is it just, it lacked anything dynamic. The yeah. Hawks, they rushed the ball forward, they got the handball game going, kept moving, kept moving mm. on. It, it forced Brisbane to play off the back foot. Yeah. And eventually the Lions had to take risks and not play the game. They slowed it right down. And then yeah. when they tried to get it moving again, they couldn't. They were stagnant. And, you know, I know Fags made a bit of a statement in dropping Kitty Coleman, but the irony yeah. is he, he actually would have been great in that game. Um, I didn't um, think Kitty was the worst when he came on as the sub too. Well, no, and that's the thing. I, I mean, at least he was, in the, he was in the sub chair, but, you know. Let's, let's get to the negatives. Let's um, circle a few names. I want to start with Darcy Gardner. Yeah, made his return to the side in the last two weeks. I lost the last two weeks. He... Was outmarked on a few occasions on Saturday. I definitely not the best game we've seen Darcy Gardner play. Well, he gave away a and free going for a mark when you know Footy Fundamentals says punch. Yeah, and it just seems as though he could be at a bit of a crossroads in his career. He's no spring chicken. He's not getting any younger. Um, he has been injury hampered over the last few years. And is it time to move on from Darcy Gardner as a key defender at the Lions? And you know firmly made Jack Payne that number two guy and sort of uh, cobbled together a, you know, sort of semi, you know, third tall key defender. Well, look, look Payne, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with Payne. Payne's development has just been astronomical this year and he, he has earned his spot as that number two. And, yeah. you know, without uh, Dan McStay, who can swing down there if you needed, Starsevich has that third banana roll. So, yeah, yeah, it does. It leaves Darcy Gardner in, in the lurch there and, you know, it wasn't... I think maybe you would have hoped for that to be like a you know a really soft start back into the team, but yeah, with a loss like that, you know, as I said, we're we're picking flaws in the game, and you really stand out like that. So yeah, like a really tough reintroduction to the side for Darcy Gardner. But you're right, and Fags is going to have to make tough calls at the selection table, or you know he it goes again with the twenty two, but. You know, if we are looking for weak links there, he, he wasn't right. Obviously, someone's going to have to replace McCluggage as McCluggage comes out with that concussion. But um, I, I don't know. I hear conversation around Dan Rich being old and slow. Where, where do you see Dan Rich in this side? Uh, Dan without, Rich, without, the intri- without the intrinsic value that he brings. Well, I think that Dan Rich is probably one of the best offensive halfbacks in the comp. You know, his foot skills, I don't need to describe them. They're incredible. Do, do his foot skills make up for like, you know, so he's, defensive. He's not going to be the fastest, but does that... He has defensive frailties. Okay. 
of of course, and you've seen, I think, teams over the last couple of years potentially take advantage of that um, and force him to match up on a quicker, faster, uh, small forward. Well, that's what Adelaide did to him the other Cozzy week. Pickett has done it to him on occasions at the Ds. So, and, you know, it's that kind of, you know, do you, by having Dan Rich sit out, you know, you deprive your team of that incredible go forward and those elite foot skills and... Or yeah, do you try and shore up the back? And it's it, it's basically a question: how many points do you want to score on the day? As I think, yeah, and you'd have to get the champion data boffins to look over this. But with Dan Rich in the side, you know, what's their scoring like compared to Dan Rich without? Yeah, and it'd enough. be a small sample size, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, I still think Dan uh, Dan Rich and Kitty Coleman can coexist inside this team. I think uh, Connor McKenna's brought a nice little element off half back. You just you're having you know eight or nine players down there that you know should be playing in the best twenty-two, and that's yeah, it's an interesting selection headache for Fagan. But no, I, I definitely re- you know think Dan Rich has a lot to offer the Lions. There was a moment in that last quarter that, that bothered me, and I, I can understand why he was frustrated in that moment. But because you just got a, got a one-on-one against McKenna in the goal square now. <laughs> Look, Connor McKenna, who's out there doing track work down, yeah. down at Doom. And, Not exactly a key yeah, defender. No, but, but you know, I like to see him down there covering. But oh, yeah. I, just go, I just go, where's his man? Yeah, doing oh, some well, work well, with the great Robbie Heathcote. He's doing some good stuff. But I, I, yeah. you know, in that moment, he, Connor McKenna shouldn't have a body one-on-one no. on Kajitski in the square. So, yeah, I was, I, I, was, I was very troubled by the game. And I've just I've lost I've lost trust in the Lions. Look, they faced the Swans uh, Friday night. Friday well, Dickie, I'm here to just say have a little bit of faith in them. They've made their I quest for a top two spot. They've made it very hard for themselves, but I don't think they're out of it. Uh, they've got some soft games coming up over the next month. They should beat Richmond at the Gabba. They have the Eagles after that, where um, I just pray for mercy for the Eagles. That's uh, tough, tough for them. It that's is. Tough. And I'm actually in a very hard spot with my football footballing fandom because if anyone knows me well, they know that I... Dislike the West Coast Eagles. Dislike I hate their fan. It's a very light word. I think you can be. I hate their fan base. Um, West Australians, they just have a chip on their shoulder in general. You hate them um, as people. Your sons will grow up learning to hate them as well. Yep. Uh, most people hate Collingwood. I hate West Coast. Um, it's just, I don't know, I guess my life experience. But I'm really struggling to hate them at the moment because I just feel sorry for them. Um, and I want them to be a better team. I want them to is get. It, is it pity? Yeah, I feel pity for them, and I—it's hard to say. And as much as I dislike them, they are a very proud club. They've had a great history in their time in the competition. So to see them at just so far beneath rock bottom is—it's sad. It's—it's it's, it's funny though because I, I really just then got a ceiling on where your hatred stops. Because you know, like you know, I remember obviously supporting Essendon during the drug saga, mm. and there were. And I mean genuine calls from more Nuffy inclined supporters to kick them out of the competition. Mm. Like, and and I always think about it as years ago when when Rangers got sent down um, uh, in the Scottish Premier League, or you know the big Italian clubs get done for um, yeah. uh, <laughs> for salary breaches and whatnot. <coughs> Juventus, uh, Juventus, exactly. <laughs> I know, I'm not not saying names. I'm um, Juventus, but you have fans dancing on their graves. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, evident just misrelegation. See, I'd rather but, dance I mean, on their grave yeah. after they lose a grand final. Ah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, so we're really in their moment of uh, true hurt. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. That's when you get them. Yeah, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, yeah. You're, you're just pitting them, but yeah, you worry. <laughs> you still understand that they're human. Yeah, at the moment, they are like the, you know, the, the Dark Knight in Monty Python's Holy Grail. He's got... <laughs> 
No <laughs> legs. He's got no arms. Tis but a scratch. Tis but a scratch. They keep kicking on, but... Well, they'll bite your legs off. Yeah. But they won't. They're not going to do at, that. At the dogs. moment, West Coast are not a fair fight for anybody. Um. Yeah, and I, as, just quickly on that, just because I'm curious, Adam Simpson stays in the role? Yeah, I think he stays in the role. Yeah, good. Uh, he's uh, a premiership co- coach of the club. Uh, has been there a long time. You know, wants to lead the rebuild. There were some calls that he could potentially go and take a mid-season break, uh, which I don't think would be the best thing to do. It would be hard to uh, convince players to buy in under your coaching style and go, hey, you know, grit this out, put in your best effort week after week, give the coaches gun and having a mid-season holiday. But, uh, yeah, I think he will He'll be there for at least another year or two until he doesn't want the job. I, I think, think he's so. earned that. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a sensible view in footy. Mm. Well, I think we're so quick to move coaches on. Aren't we? Like, I know it's and it's weird because that's uh, that's one thing I've never understood about football. A lot of professional mm. sports going, yeah, the coach is clearly the problem. Yeah, I know a lot of things stop with them, but you know you can work through more solutions. That anyway, I, just, I was just curious about that. So the Lions are taking on the Swans uh, Friday night footy at the Gabba. Uh, possibly, I don't know if Buddy will travel or not, but be interesting to see. Be interesting because look, if he does, you, you implore every fan possible to get out because this is the last time you'll. Here's likely the last time you're going to see Buddy play. In Queensland. In yeah. Queensland, yeah. So, I mean, I still remember, we, we travelled up to the Gabba years ago, and this is when I was still living in northern New South Wales. We all travelled up for a Brisbane Hawks game with some Hawks mates. It was pretty much just to see Buddy. That was in his, yeah. um, and that was in his 100-goal year. And I, I, I think he kicked, Incredible. Yeah, I think he, kicked, he may have kicked seven, four, four, anyway, between four and seven that night. <laughs> and uh, to, to watch him just do what he does is incredible. So get on down. Like, you know, nicely, first of all, nicely Lions back on Friday night footy. And uh, the, 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 the Swans, look, they're not, I don't think they're going to offer much. Their back line is absolutely cooked at the moment. It is going to be one of those things where we will tell, you know, our kids and oh, our grandkids absolutely. about getting to go and see Buddy play. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, whenever I talk to my dad and, like, his early, you know, football watching experiences, he talks about watching Polly Farmer play and, mm. like, as he's a Geelong fan, you know, the great Geelong player, Sam Newman even. And you're like, well, you know, Buddy's going to be who we tell our kids about. I th- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he'll tr- he'll transcend time in those in those conversations. And yeah, I remember X amount of players that I've seen. I went to Tony Lockett's last game before he um, came back. It was um, Essendon Sydney uh, qualifying final on the old Serpentine system. Yeah. And he still kicked four that day. But I was like, oh crap, this plug his last game. So I got, but I got, but I got to see him. And this is honestly, this will be what it's like with Buddy. And it's a, look, I know he hasn't, I know he hasn't retired yet. Yeah. And but I'd love to see. I don't, I'm sure that decision's probably made, or maybe it isn't. But it'd be so much better to see like uh, a Buddy farewell, farewell tour. tour. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you know, remember when Kobe was retiring and every yeah. city, and they packed it out to say goodbye to him. And look, the Swans are. Because uh, unfortunately, what it means is the Swans have to yeah. say we're done. Yeah, we're done for the year. The queue's back in the rack. But I and and that's the thing. Like for for states like Queensland, you know, this as you said, that's the last time he's going to play here. Yeah, most likely. So. You kind of have to go into this going, we know, deep down, we know this is the last time we're seeing him. Now, you mentioned that Kobe Bryant reference. Kobe famously scored 60 in his last game. He did. Oh, what a game. Do you reckon Poor Buddy, Joe Ingles. Poor <laughs> Joe Ingles. <laughs> front, front seat to that show. The poor Jazz. Yeah. Well, look, uh, they, let, they let Kobe go. They, they played a, a fitting part. But if we see Buddy pull up stumps at the end of this year, do you reckon that he has got a Kobe, you know – 
Do you reckon he's got a bag for his last game? Do you reckon he's got that in him? I'm trying to work out if the Swans are playing... Uh, I, feel, I feel like they're playing away for their last game, which is a real shame because I still remember... Um, it was uh, Jared McVeigh's last game, and no, yeah. they've got the demons at home in round twenty-four. Oh, you know, yeah, but that's a tough defense to kick a bag on Lever yeah, and is, May, and but you know, d- depending, it's funny depending on ladder positions. If the demons, well, let's say they come into that situation game, we can't move any higher than fourth. Yeah, playing away, whatever. You, you let Buddy that last quarter, you let Buddy run. Yeah, of course, you let him go. Yeah, because I look at that. I look at that Buddy 1000 game and go, Geelong gave him a lot of space. Yeah, now yeah. he can flick a switch and do things on a field that no one can but defend. unfortunately for Buddy, it's round 24. The Demons, they might be in a, a dog-eat-dog battle they for could, a top and, two spot. And they could be. And, you know, like, that would be the hard thing because I'm sure, you know, deep down everyone's romantic about football. doesn't yes. matter what level it is. And deep down the, the Melbourne people would probably <laughs> like to see Buddy kick a goal like kick a bag of goals in his last match. But also, if you're fighting for a top two spot and you want to win the flag, there's no room for being sentimental. It's funny, because and Buddy's the link here. You, say, you hope everyone's romantic about football, but I still remember when Alistair Clarkson was not romantic about football in the, yes. buddy, in the buddy 100 game, and he made sure that Fev didn't get his 100. Well, <laughs> potentially you could read what you sow. Um, and look, that, and that was, and that was the, the shrewd defense that helped them win that premiership that year. That was yeah. that was the killer instinct. So it was still sad. I would have loved to have seen Fev kick a hundred goals. Oh, no. Just the celebration, oh, the no. carry on, <laughs> the the nights after. It, it, look, Fev's iconic as it is, but it would have been a. It, it was a awesome. fo- it was a moment we were robbed of. Oh, we were as footy fans. And imagine then, that two two hundreds in one game. Yeah, that was set up so perfectly, and the fact that you know, and even at the time you kind of realised that it wasn't going to be another hundred goal season. Or if we do get another 100-goal yeah, season I, I after this. That. I wish we knew that then. I, I reckon at the time there was a feeling around, I don't know how many more times this is going to happen. We probably expected there to be one or two more. Yeah. But, you know, I think probably in 10 to 15 years we will see a 100-goal season and everyone will fully appreciate it. Well, that's the thing. There was, uh, I think, between was it Jeffrey Blyton and then the 70s and then not till the 80s. did we, It was always all about it, like a 16-year period. Yeah, through football, where there hundred goals wasn't kicked, so it can like it can be seasonal. Yeah. and you know, I love how I love how excited people got at the start of the year when um Jeremy Cameron was up and firing, going, oh, "We're on here, we're on here!" And then, oh, every no, 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 because if anyone has a hot start to the year, they put them on hundred watch, and it's yeah, I, I kind of hate it because I think it just ruins. Like at least gets let someone get to the halfway mark of the season, eleven or twelve, they've got fifty goals. Like, oh shit, we could be on here. So, uh, but yeah, when you go after four rounds, I think it just heaps unnecessary oh, pressure on the player, and then obviously whoever's matched up on that player, they they're playing their grand final yeah. to try and shut down the Coleman leader. It's uh, but, but like at least I was going to say. Well, first of all, I like it, it being part of that count, and as as a growing up following Richmond, probably wouldn't be the same. But so my first couple of seasons as a member um, of Essendon was watching Matthew Lloyd in about yeah. 2000, 2001. and. It was this old bloke who only sat a couple of rows away from us. And he kept us updated mm. every time Lloydie kicked a goal. Of hand, he was like, 93 to go, Lloydie. <laughs> and we're, we're there with season ticket holders. So, and he was always there. I was like, God, it got exciting. Mm. And it, like, you play along with it. And like, now we're, what I'm still happy about is we still see like, 
big bags kicked. Texas 10. Yeah. I know it was against West Coast, but Texas 10. Oh, wasn't it that was That was special. Like, I was still thinking about to, uh, like Jack Rewalt's 10 at the MCG. Oh, again, incredible. Uh, Michael Lacroix when he kicked 12 at the Dome. Uh, that, that one hurt. That one <laughs> That was, yeah, Buddy's 13. Yeah. You love seeing but it, those big bag games. Yeah, so it's good to know that's... It's still possible. Yeah. It's still possible. And it was kind of that funny thing with Tex Walker as well, that none of those goals were real gimmies. Like, he got a that, few, that, that, that a few fortuitous ones. That ones. Was pure heart. But, geez, there were some class finishes in oh, there, yeah. you know, from Tex. And you um, you go, oh, maybe it's game 250 and the, the Crows boys are really looking for him. And, yes, it was a blowout against West Coast, but they weren't giving me goals by any, any stretch of the imagination. So, congratulations yeah. to Taylor Walker. Two years ago, he was cooked as a footballer. He was, yeah, no, he was, he was uh, on the scrap. He was, he was the prior of the competition as well. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, this is his last year in the comp. Um, and then last year was incredible. This year, um, you know, after the first few rounds, been amazing again. Adelaide's a weird And now in in charge of the Coleman. Adelaide's a weird place. It's a weird place, and they will be dangerous. In a, it's a weird place with weird water. The home elimination final will be dangerous. Now, um... I think I now owe two slabs to the um <laughs> to the camp. So glad you're not drinking at the moment. Um, just quickly, uh, you and I sit on different uh, sort of sides of the table here mm. on the desk, but also with the James Sicily tackle. Three weeks, you know, you know, yes. you're not you're not happy about it. No, I don't. I don't like it. I think it is less. Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of baseball. Right. You know, when a pitcher throws the ball at a batter, the batter has. Basically, about a uh, hundred milliseconds to react. I think if you're ta- in a tackle that's going to a nasty area, you've probably got even less time to react. And these are actions that people have been trained for their whole lives. And I don't think at any point of that tackle, James Sisley meant to hurt Human Cluggage. Yes, he's a he's a rough and tough player, but it just happens all so quick that. I don't think you can like when you slow it down. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some grey area, but it just happens so quick. And I think you can't really penalise a guy. He's going as hard, and we want to see players going hard at the football and as hard as they can. And if it, why can't we be comfortable just saying shit happens, accidents an accident. He didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Rather than microanalyze and go, oh, you know, in this millisecond this it, frame that i've stopped it on he, he meant to do go. it at that point yeah, sure. or he could have oh, let go and like I, and i get that you you're you're micro analyzing split second decisions mm. and the human brain doesn't work that fast doesn't logic no, centers in the brain I, I where, that, yeah. when you're playing football they don't not yeah. work that fast and I, look, I know i don't i don't like the argument that We're, like if you but, but it's at the end of the day it's, it's the same thing like getting behind the wheel of a car mm. you are ultimately responsible for what happens when you engage in that, and whether it be like, and like where the game's up to, where it's it is trying to protect the head. Because I remember, like, and and maybe this is me drawing my own personal experience. I remember under tens training, I got knocked out like that. My arms were just wrapped up in a tackle. The guy didn't mean to do it, but he didn't have to. And it was the momentum that brought it down. I wore a head guard for three years after that. But end of the day, if you do do that tackle, there are moments when you can fall off. And I know they've learned as you as you said, the baseball analogy is perfect, but. There has to be more of a release, but I, I will argue that the umpires, if the umpires are too slow, maybe the umpires need to speed up on the whistle, mm. because uh, that is one that is one thing I notice about the game now is that they are 
like, and when you're playing, it's good. You want mm. them to let the game go on. You don't want them to call it straight away. But I think it has to come the other way. The umpires need to at least go, all right, well, if we want to stop players from continuing yeah. on with these tackles to ensure that the ball is wrapped up or incorrectly disposed of, then you're going to have to... There's got to be a bit of leeway for the player. But at the same time, Sicily has a... Unfortunately, has a track record. Yeah. So that And that's just, uh, that's just a halo that's just going to sit over him at all times. I know, but I think we need to get to the, a point as a game... And say, yes, the game is dangerous. It is a dangerous sport. Mm. Blokes running back with the flight of the football, you know, eyes on it. Blokes coming the other way, looking at the football. Bad collisions are going to happen just with the nature of our game. And I think that we need to find a line of going, that was not malicious. This is a dangerous sport. These are the consequences of what we do. And one of the consequences is why we love it. James Sisley missing three weeks of football, just, it doesn't make anyone happy. It doesn't make him happy. It doesn't make the Hawthorne fans happy. I like watch, watching James Sisley play. Like great football. That wasn't a malicious act. And that's something where, yes, shit has happened, humour cluggage, those scenes were terrible. But James Sisley at no point meant to do that to him. No, he never, and, he never came in with the intention to knock him out in that tackle. And, you know, we talk about prior opportunity with holding the ball. Prior, where's James Sicily's prior opportunity to, you know, safeguard human cluggage's well-being? He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. Let, sorry. It really frustrates me. I understand me the frustration. I, I think it's a, a changing of the fabric of the game and it's a changing of... It, it's this, you know, kind of deniability, like, you know, if we keep rubbing these things out that... They might stop happening. They're not going to stop happening. No. The game is played too fast. It, it, it's, the game has become too big. Hmm. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know if it comes down to just an ability to to, to roll away, but you're right. The players are going to have to unlearn skills, which, yeah. is, which, which is a very tough thing to do. But and that happens as precedent, unfortunately, keeps evolving throughout the game. So yeah. it's, it's tough, but unfortunately, yeah, when you have Sicily's track record, the concussion's there. Under the rule, like under the current rules, it sucks, yeah. but it makes sense. And I, I guess with the Sicily one, there's enough grey area to suspend him, and that's the case that the AFL want to make, whether I like it or not. Yeah. At least I guess they have been consistent. It's amazing how the concussion the, is a mitigating factor. This it's, it's essentially guilty until proven innocent mm. once concussion's involved. The incident that really hurts me the most is the Ryan Mansell James H one mm. from the uh, game over in the West. Is that as two young men going for the football, running in opposite directions, and that at the last possible second, one of those men has to protect himself. Yes. Or he, or there's going to be two people knocked out. Exactly. I. Yeah, it's. I, I look at that. It's like okay, you can either go straight to the tribunal or straight to the twos. If you're a young man like Ryan Mansell, because mm. you pull out of that contest, you pull out, you're, 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 you're soft, and that's you're forever known as a fairy. Um, <sighs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's it, it's I think it's wicked to suspend a bloke like that. It's just that one's a tough. That one's a really it tough is really one. tough. That one's a really tough one because there's yeah, unlike the Sicily one, there's a lot less control in mm. that. Not in control of the action. No, it's, and it's, we're, we play a collision sport. And also, the ball that we use in our sport is weird. It goes at all different angles. It bounces off everywhere. It's an oval. Which means it's a, you have to adjust constantly. And the last split second when that ball bounces, mm. Ryan Mansell doesn't know which way it's going to bounce. He has to make a decision based on that. 
split second stuff. Yeah. It makes it tough. It, it, does, it does make it tough. And that bloke loses his livelihood for three weeks. Um, he's you know, getting, he's still getting paid. I know, he's still getting paid. But as you said, yeah, t- tax deductible. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Ryan Mansell, as much as Richmond love him, he's a fringe player. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. Three weeks' time, they might want him to go back through the twos. He might get injured. Well, you remember when Reese Matheson got, susp- got suspended a couple of years back and then yeah. didn't get back in the side. And didn't get back in the side. It's a, it's a really hard one for just doing his job, attacking the football. Um, and, you know, like the average AFL game is what, you know, 40 odd games? Yep. Um, you know, it, it's hard and it, and it has a big impact on players. Okay, you know, it's not going to have a huge impact on James Sisley. He, he gets done with his suspension, he comes back in. But it's just a really cruel blow to a young man trying to make his way in the game. It is. It yeah, is. three weeks is tough. Yeah, I think we want to sit down at some point and just. Reunpack the game, but the problem is, mm. is, is through it trickles all the way down to junior footy and lessons learned over generations and generations. So, oh no, it's tough. It's tough. So, anyway, uh, Swans Lions Friday night Lions win that and get their season back up and going. But that's that's one loss they couldn't have. No, no couldn't have. All right, well, need to win from here on out. Shifting our focus to not only the team who uh, is giving me a lot of hope right now, but also now cool. sits on top of the, the VFL ladder is the Gold Coast Suns. Mate. They they take on the Blues, the MCG. That's election dogfight. Yeah, no, uh, no, um, no MCG curse for them. Look, if the prevailing form holds out, the Gold Coast Sun should win this game in a canter. They should, and uh, like they sit a percentage of a hundred at the moment. And you'd love to see them put not a cricket. I don't think a cricket score is what we're going for here, but a really strong statement win. Now, look. People say that the Blues are playing for Vossy here, and mm-hmm. I, like I said about Adam Simpson, I don't think getting rid of Michael Voss is what Carlton should be doing no. right now. But I, I watched them against Essendon and like they didn't actually they didn't play bad football. They beat bombers in pretty much most facets of the ground. They just have an inability to kick goals at the moment. But if we look at the table, there are a lot of okay teams, you know, yeah. oh, on yeah, the ladder. Absolutely. You know, and those okay teams start from, you know, sort of St Kilda in fifth position all the way down to, you know, sort of Sydney in thirteenth. Still not sold on the Saints. Uh, probably even Carlton down in fifteenth. Carlton aren't a bad side. They're not a particularly good side, but they're you know you know, sort of fifth to fourteenth, fifteenth, it's any given Sunday. Yeah. Um, look, five five losses on the trot isn't helping them. No, it isn't. But you know, the Suns need to be wary. Oh, Going absolutely. down there to the G. Coming off the bye. Yeah, their own issues when it comes to the bye. Oh yeah. They, oh, yeah. Maybe it's a, just a Queensland thing. Maybe. Because, you know, we live out of the footy bubble when they're not engaged with... It would be very easy to disengage, wouldn't it? Completely disengage with the game and sort of come back to... Yeah, even three, four days off, come back to the footy going, oh, what's going on in the footy world? Mm. Um, but it'd, be, it'd be good for the right reasons, but yeah, look, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is it is dangerous because, unfortunately, like as well as the upward trajectory is that the Suns are on... Any loss brings them straight back down to earth. They don't. They don't, they don't have that breathing space. They don't. They don't have, have that, wiggle room. Yeah. No, they don't have any, any luxury there. So, and uh, I think it's amazing because if you look at the way, I guess no, the, the footy media and the zeitgeist looks at this game, it, it's kind of like yeah. You, you always wonder who the kiss of death tips. Well, an old tipster in um yeah. in all the papers because who who does the football world want to see suffer more? Do they want Carlton to essentially have to you know, put their season back in the rack or do they want to see the Gold Coast, our lovely Gold Coast, denied again and again and again? 
Honestly, I think it could actually be a public safety risk if Carlton lose this week because some of the their fans, you know, lining the race. They are angry. They are angry. Yeah. They they feel it. Um, they're lining the race. They're calling talk back. They are pouring their emotions out, and they they are fiercely angry. You see that photo of the membership card just thrown on the ground. Uh, oh, that's from Michael Klein at the Herald Sun. My favourite sporting photograph this year is the Carlton membership just flung over the boundary, just sitting just outside of the boundary line. It's, it is very symbolic, it, isn't it's, it? It's funny how that image or the idea of that is more symbolic and represents more pain mm. than burning effigies and jerseys. And 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 um and footy jumpers. Anyone can build an effigy. Like you know, we're, I think effigies have been overdone. Although I feel yeah. like we haven't seen them for a while. But you know, the old scarf in the bin. Yeah. But it's the membership card. Yeah, it's the. Uh, I don't want to be associated with yep. this club anymore. Um. See, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, we've yeah. we've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast. How big a role the football plays in people's lives. Absolutely. That if you're you do a shitty job, you're a plumber, you're an electrician, you. You know, you're battling to put your kids through school and work, and that watching a game of football might be your only piece of joy that you have yes. in your week. And when your team sucks, it feels like there can be no joy in your life. They don't, well, that's the thing. And they it, don't represent you. They don't represent you, and it can be brutal, especially when there is an expectation on you to be a good side, like there has been on Carlton this year. God, it's it's tough. It's it, tough it, to see. It, it's so funny to think. What that one, one behind somewhere mm. in their season last year. Mm. Otherwise, it would have been finals for them. Yep. It's it, it, it's incredible how you know, <laughs> our sliding doors in this competition can work out. But yeah, so look, this is this is their last stand, and it is because uh, I because I like Vossi and you know I, I don't, I, I don't I, think Vossi clubs, clubs be healthy, but I, I, I don't. I don't think they get rid of Vossi. Yeah. yeah. He's on the hot seat for next year. Oh, absolutely. But as I said, they were so close to finals last year. And remember, it, is it would be a dumb decision for Carlton to move done, on Michael Vossi. They've done Voss. it too many times. And they have. They need to stay the course with someone. Yep. Vossi's got fantastic credentials. You've, you've just got to give him another year. It's yep. something that they have to do. But yep. yeah, it's, 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 there's it's, no winners associated with that club no, at the moment, it's, is but there? It's, just, but it's funny. It's just simple things. That need, like, I know, like goal kicking the yips is mm. a simple thing. Yeah, you know, even Mike, I can turn around, Jack, and uh, honestly, I feel like I could give Harry Mackay advice at the moment. Mm. That's how good I feel about it right now. It can happen. In a way, Carlton and the Gold Coast are very similar teams, aren't they? Yeah, they have some fantastic A grade talent, but it's that They've bottom six of youth, that bottom six to eight players that constantly let them down. That uh, there, there is a huge gap between the best player on their list and the worst player on their list, and uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if the Suns can get the job done. It's the only time they're going to get to play on the MCG this year. That's a huge boost for them. They haven't been too bad on the MCG in the past. They haven't. They've got a decent record. So, look... I, I, well, I, serviceable record yeah. for, you know, a, a Gold Coast Suns team, but... I think they win. Oh, jeez. And you just... You just would... I, I don't... I wouldn't accuse them of being a malicious person, but, Jesus, imagine Levi Casbolt as the Carlton trudge off the ground... Levi's looking at possible finals. Just a smile of his happy teammates around him going, you know what? I'm about to fly back to the Gold Coast. And you delisted me. And you delisted me. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah. Look, I I know we don't see that spite and hatred. We clearly didn't see, like, you know, Brody Grundy over the weekend. It wasn't a... Wasn't that beautiful? It was really nice. Mm. And uh, I I like... 
I liked a pleasant place yeah. for footballs in. Yeah. I think we've finally moved on from that oh Neanderthalic sort of way, but anger and hatred isn't there. There's, there's I think it's such good gamesmanship. Yeah. It, it, it's very rare. That, I know I know we fight, we want rivalries because it's it's theatre, but anyway, but, I, the, but there are good guys in theatre too. Of course there are. And they get applause and they they be, they are beloved. Like Brody Grundy is beloved amongst the Collingwood fans. He didn't want to leave that club. I love what Eddie Maguire came out and said that he didn't want to leave. I hope we don't boo him. Give yep. him a round of applause. He's a you know well, he's always a he's always a magpie. I, I love that stuff. His photo up and going, hey, we respect this guy. Yep. None of you. We, we, we didn't kick him out. He oh, we kicked him out, but no, be not be nice to him. Yep, I did. I still want to say what Mason Cox and Kristen Petrarca were talking about at the end of the game. That interested mm. me. Anyway, yeah, that would be a. Actually, we hope to hear that episode of the Mason Cox show. I do want to hear that. I do want to mm-hmm. hear that. But look, the, the Suns are really uh, – it, it is a must-win game. Every game for them now is a must-win game. Oh, huge. Because, uh, just going going back to the ladder where we were. Fremantle, I think, uh, no, bad loss of the weekend. Tigers got them, but they are still – they're still right up there. They, they would have mm. to fall over. The Cats, who I still find incredible that they sit outside. I'm just so conditioned to them playing so well. They sit just outside the eight. I still expect it's, them to come good. Dogs, I, I maybe I, I don't trust. Crows away from home are junk, but they're very good it, at home. It's so. funny looking at those sides in the top eight. I think that the Crows will drop out. I've expected St Kilda and Essendon to fall out of the pack to you know sort no, of safe, behind. I think we're good. St Kilda lost a couple of games. You know, I think they lost two in three weeks and they and you're going, Oh yep, yeah, this is gonna be the slide on the ice for St Kilda. They managed to go up to Sydney and not play their best football but still get a win on Friday night, which is huge. Essendon just keep going strength for strength. They've won four in a row. You know, that game that we I saw them. Statistically at- they're not actually playing good football. <laughs> well, I they're winning though. But they're winning. And, and it doesn't but matter. That- what, about ahead. a month ago, we went up to the Gabba and we saw them play the Lions and they were gallant, but they were well beaten. And you go, okay, this is probably the Essendon we expected yeah, this year. Since then, they've they've gone bunter. They're, they're ahead of time. Won they're, the Dreamtime match. Uh, but as part of the game, I didn't want them to play finals yet. I just but, you know, that's the thing about Essendon this year. They are playing well in big matches. Mm. They are playing well, you know, knocking off Carlton in front of 80,000. That Dreamtime match has a huge build-up to it now. Uh, it's amazing how far that game has come. They were so unlucky to lose on Anzac Day that you actually think that this looks like a team that has the the makeup to handle a you know ninety thousand elimination final crowd. Well, we've got uh, it's going to be very, it's going to be really mm. tough one for me. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns will face Essendon a little bit later in the year. Well, that yeah. could have a heritage bank, and I, and I honestly think it's we are. Uh, Winner, a loser, is out of contention. A lot of finals ramifications. I'll tell you what we haven't heard in the last few weeks. What have we Damien got? Hardwick to the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's died off. Yeah. I, I still hear Carlton chat, but... I don't know, maybe... Look, the, the, the funniest thing about the footy cycle is it moves pretty quickly. It's, oh, so it's quick. intense. It's yeah. very intense, but you give it a few days and, uh, and, and Dim is now out of the headlines. Look, and he's not posting his photos anymore, so that's probably helping um, <laughs> keep him out, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no Alpine Dimmer, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think, look, honestly, I like that we give him space. I like that we're not talking about Damien Hardwick. Yeah. One gives um, Andrew McAwalter a, a bit of space because mm. how good's he going? Oh, he's been fantastic, uh, and I think a new message for the Tigers players. Yeah, hey guys, Nick here. Uh, glad you're loving the podcast. Just doing some incredible gear at this point in time. 
It was unfortunately that we didn't realise that our storage device card, our little SD card, had given out. And unfortunately, all the great Marlin picket gear we were going to do, and did at the time, we had an awesome time doing it, uh, probably for legal reasons, probably good that we can't actually play it to you. But believe me, we had a lot of fun making some jokes. But anyway, uh, make sure you give us a like, a review, subscribe, do whatever you can to pump up our tyres on socials, on any podcast platform that you listen to this through. And we'll be back next week, hopefully back on Tuesday, um, just as we have a chance to update here. Uh, Jack Gunston and Daniel Rich have told Chris Fagan they will be uh, not putting their hand up for selection this weekend, which I think we both think is a pretty good idea. And good to see that's player-driven. Anyway, uh, podcast will be back next week. Till next time, it's Northern Exposure. He's Jack, I'm Nick, you've been exposed. <laughs>